Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Ches. Today's shir is Nishmas, Chai Shalam Etzara Meira Meirat Bas Reb Chaim, Chana Sarah Bas Reb Chaim Yitzchak, Azriel Ben Reb Nechemia. May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. Um, so remember yesterday we were discussing teaching of Rabbi Yochanan. Omer Rabbi Yochanan Gadol Tshuva Shemakras Gzar Dino Shel Adam. Says Tshuva is so great it can tear up a, a decree against a person. I say if Hashem has made a decree that say um, X should happen to a person and he does Tshuva, it can tear it up. That's Rabbi Yochanan's teaching. Now we brought a few kashas on that, and where we're holding at the moment is basically there's a difference. An individual cannot tear up his decree. Before it, if it's if it's uh, sealed, if it's exardin, if it's been issued, it's too late. He can't tear it up. But uh, community can. That's what we're holding at the moment. So the Gemara says this is the sixth last line on Yud Chesam with base. We're still debating. Oh, sorry, on Yud Zayin with base seventeen B. And the Gemara is still debating this uh, this topic. So it says Toshma, come in here. Shola Beluria Hagiyoris says Rabban Gamliel. Bluria Hagi, the convert, asked Rabban Gamliel, Ksiv, Ksiv, it's written, Besor Aschem in your Torah, Asher lo yisoponim, Hashem does not show favor, Ksiv, yisa Hashem ponavelecha, Hashem should show favor, Hashem will show favor to you. Again, that's not the simple meaning of the Pasuk, but it is an added dimension, and that's what she's asking. Does Hashem show favor, or does Hashem not show favor? So this is what you ask Rabbi Gamil. It says, Rabbi Yosi HaKoyen engaged with her. Omar Lo, he said, I'll give you a similar, I'll give you a, um, a parable to what is comparable. Someone who owed his friend a mona. The Kovalo's man, Bifna Melech. And they set the time that he has to pay the money bar before the king. And he took a shvur that he would pay by the life of the king. Now he gives man para, the due date for the loan arrives and he doesn't pay it back. So his as a melech, he comes to appease the king for Omer Lo. He says, okay, you know what? The king says, I'll, uh, I'll wave my... I'll forgive you for my humiliation. You took us in front of the king's presence. You took a shvur that you'd pay back by the life of the king, and you don't pay back. That's very disrespectful. But you know what? I'll uh, waive that. I'll forgive you for that. It says, however, you have to go and appease your friend. I can't. Uh, I can't forgive you for not paying back his money that he lent you. So hachanami kan ba'averos shebein oron lamokom kan ba'averos. And so to here we would make that distinction. Where Hashem says, I'll show favor to you, I'll, I'll uh, let you off. That's Bain Odom Lamakab, with Averis between man and Hashem. However, here where Hashem says, He will not show favor, this is with Averis Bain Odom between man and his friend. Again, if you sin against Hashem, okay, so Hashem can waive it, Hashem can forgive you, Hashem can be um, show more chesed. But when it comes to Averis between Bain Adam Lachavera, between man and his friend, Hashem can forgive you the part, the injustice, the wrong that you've done by not keeping that mitzvah, by damaging someone else, by stealing from them. It's Hashem can forgive you the Avera, but he can't. He can't waive the. Avera to the degree, can't show favor since you have to actually get forgiven by your friend. So that's the distinction when, so that again, that's Rabbi Yossi's answer to 
Bluria Hagiores who asked, sometimes the Apostle says, Hashem does show favor and Hashem does not show favor. He says, Rabbi Akiva but then Rabbi Akiva gave and gave a different answer. He says, Here is before the Gzardin and here is after the Gzardin. We see Tshuva cannot undo a Gzardin. That's what he's saying. Um, this that Hashem will show favor is as long as the decree has not been sealed. But if the, if it's, if the decree has been issued, then it's too late. So the Gemara answers, Well, that, that's not a kasha because that's with an individual. Again, so a, community's can, a community can tear up a gzardin. An individual, he can't tear up a gzardin. So that's, the, that's how you would explain it. And it's just interesting, in Maseches Brachas, I don't remember where, but we had a similar question um, that sometimes we see Hashem shows favor and sometimes Hashem doesn't. The angels asked Hashem, how can you show favor to the Jewish people? How can you do so much chesed to them? So Hashem said, well, they do chesed for me. I tell them to only bench when they eat uh, enough to satiate them and they bench even when they only eat a kazayas. So how can they act with chesed? So how can I not act with chesed? Interesting here that we came totally different uh, way of explaining the conflict between Hashem showing favor and Hashem not showing favor. Okay, now the Gemara points out second line of Yud Chesamud Aleph. This whether a gzardin of an individual can be torn up is actually a machloekes troim. To Tanya, says, You have two people who are on their sick beds for, for similar, similar illnesses. And you have two people going up for the tribunal and they have very similar judgments. Ze yorad lo yorad. This one descends and this one does not descend. Then Nitzal was there, Nitzal. This one, so this one gets up, gets up from bed and this one does not. This one is saved from before the tribunal and this one is not. Why is the one, why does the one recover and is the one saved from the tribunal and the other one is not? So the Gemara, so he answers, Rabbi Meir answers, This one davened and he's answered, and this one davened and he's not answered. Why does this one daven and this one not? Why is this one answered and the other one's not answered? This one who davened a whole filler, filler with kavana, with true intent, deep from their heart, he is answered. And the other one who d- davened, but not a proper, not a complete filler without kavana, he is not answered. So what's Rabbi Meir's answer again? Quite a question that's very, uh, it's apparent in our eyes. You see two people undergoing very similar situations. Two people have a similar illness and one lives and one doesn't. Or you have two people who have a similar court case and the one is found innocent and the one is found guilty. So why is that? So Rebbe Meir, it depends on their tefillah. The one daven properly and the other one does not daven properly. Rebbe Eliezer, Oymer Rebbe Eliezer says, Kan zardin, zardin. Rebbe Eliezer says, here it's before the zardin and here it's after the zardin. I, the one who davened before the, I think it's to do with the davening, but the one who davened before the zardin, he will be saved. Once the Gzardin is issued, well then it's too late to daven. It says, Tefillah always works whether it's before the Gzardin or after the Gzardin. So, 
We'll discuss it a bit more, but we see on the surface there are two opinions. One opinion is that an individual can get his his uh, verdict, his gzardin changed through tshuva and tefillah, it seems. And the other opinion, Rabbi Eliezer, cl- clearly holds that he can't get his gzardin once the Xardin is issued, there's nothing an individual can do. So this is what we're saying. So now we can actually explain Rabbi Yochanan much simpler. Again, we started off the whole discussion of Rabbi Yoch with Rabbi Yochanan saying, mm-hmm. So great is Tshuva because it tears up the Xardin of a person. It can change. Even if there has already, Hashem has already issued the decree, it can be changed. And then we brought all questions on that. And basically the answer was... Yeah, a community can get exardin, can get their Xardin changed, but an individual, once the Xardin has been issued, it's too late to change it. Comes along this price that we just saw, and there's an opinion that says, no, even, a, even an individual can get his Xardin changed. And all the other prices that were arguing on that were the other opinion that says Xardin can't be changed. But also Rabbi Yochanan, could, we, we, we don't see clearly, Rabbi Yochanan could agree with these opinions that Xardin can be changed. Now there's a little interesting discussion in the Rishonim. We, who, so there's, we brought three opinions, but two of them are in al Machlokes. Um, it seems like somehow knew that two of them are the Machlokes. So the one opinion learns, clearly it's Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Eliezer says, uh, individual cannot change his verdict after the Xardin. And Rabbi Yitzhak comes along and says, davening always helps. I he can. And another opinion, which I think expresses also an important concept to add to this discussion, is um, is the no, the Machlokes is Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Meir clearly holds that if you daven, you can change your Xardin, whereas Rabbi Lezer holds you can't. Oh, what about Rabbi Yitzhak? Isn't Rabbi Yitzhak saying the same thing? He says, no, maybe all, when Rabbi Yitzhak says it's always beneficial to daven, maybe he's actually saying that, yeah, it can't necessarily change the gzardin, but it can lessen the blow. It can soften it. So maybe that's why davening is always be- uh, beneficial. And then just the second point on this, we, when we brought, we saw Rabbi Yitzhak about two days ago, that it's always beneficial for a person to daven under all circumstances, the Ritva says, and that's the general accepted approach throughout Shas, that a person should always daven whenever he's going through difficulty, whenever he's going through hardship, whenever he has a, a, a need, he should turn to Hashem and daven. And crying out to Hashem is always beneficial. Um, but then you run in, according to Rabbi Yitzchak, you run into a little bit of a, um, a um, little bit of a difficulty, and I'll just leave this as a question. Obviously, the Achronim amongst and others discuss it. But um, if it's always worthwhile to cry out to Hashem, what's so special about the Aseret Yemei I mean, we'll see this coming in the bottom of the page. Aserim Tshuva is a special opportune moment to call out to Hashem to do Tshuva. Now, contributes like it's always beneficial. So, what's special about Aserim Tshuva? Um, okay, maybe we'll discuss a little bit more about that at the bottom of the page. Okay, then we carry on and say, "Zardin detzibum mikra." You tell. So, we've taken for granted, basically, in all our explanations, that a community's zardin. A decree issued against the community can be torn up. 
I will wash your heart from evil. Look, Siv, and there's a second pasuk where it says, Even if we use a lot of washing soap and a lot of detergents, your stain will always be before me. It sounds like you can never undo the communists. So he says, My love, what's the difference in the one place Hashem says we can wash you of your sin and in the other place Hashem says no matter how much we wash we won't be able to get the stain out of you. So it must be one is before the Xardin and one is after the Xardin. So one says, No. Always they must be after the Xardin. And actually, if a community davens, they can get their Xardin torn up. They can be washed clean from their stains. However, sometimes there's a Xardin with a Shvua. Hashem takes a Shvua that he's going to carry through this verdict. That can't be changed. And where do we see such a thing? Where do we have such a common, uh, such a concept of a Xardin with a Shvua? Kedravsh. Rav Shmuel Bar Ami, Omar Rav Shmuel Bar Ami, as Rav Shmuel Bar Ami taught for Omri Law, Omar Rav Shmuel Bar Ami, Bar Nachmeni, Omar Rabbi Yonasan. Some said it was Rav Shmuel Damachnami, in the name of Rabbi Yonasan. It says, Ma minai in lexardin sheishim oshvur sheinu mikro. Where do we see in the psukim that a shvur that has a xardin with a shvur cannot be torn up? Shenemar, as it says. Now, just before we go into the source, basically, this is at the beginning of Sefer Shmuel. The leader of the generation was Eli. He was the Eli Hakoin, he was the Kohen Godel. And he had two sons, Chofni and Pinchas, who, who strayed. They took advantage of their position as, um, as Kohanim. They used to, uh, what's it, coerce, I'm trying to think of a stronger word, um, coerce and uh, bully people into giving them shares of their korbanos that they were not due. You know, there are certain parts that go to the Kohanim and certain parts that go to the owner. And they bullied and intimi- intimidated um, the uh, people who had come to offer korbanos in the Mishkan to give them more meat. And there were other Averas, according to the Novi, it seems they committed adultery with many of the women who came to the temple. The Gomorrah softens it a little and says, no, it's not that they actually committed adultery, it just delayed. But by being lax with the temple service, a woman who would need to become Tahar, she would go to the base of Migdash and she would take her Korbanos, and they would delay offering them. And the korban, the woman would have to spend longer at the Beis Hamikdash, um, stay an extra night or two, and that's keeping these women from going back to their husbands. Was similar to, is as if they committed adultery. I mean, an amazing idea in regards to uh, um, causing even the slightest separation between a husband and a wife, the slightest rift, the slightest time separation, could be a severe. Um, is treated very severely, but they they were terrible people. The sons of Eli were terrible people, um, and and what made it extra worse is that they were the Kohanim, and it was all in light of the avoid of the base Amigdash. So it says, So therefore, Hashem says, "I take a shvur regarding the household of Eli that they will never be atoned even through." A zevach and a mincha, even through korbanos, which is it seems similar to saying even through tshuva. So Omar, Rab, it's your Rav or Rabba, bezevach uva mincha eino mischaper, aval. However, they can still get a tone through tshuva to through Torah. 
Abaya Omar Bizeva Khumincha Ed Mitzhaper, Ava Mitzhaper Batoir of Gilas Chasorim. Granted, they can't get a tone through Kobanas, they can get a tone through Torah and Gmilus Chasorim. We see here the power of Torah, the power of Torah of Chesed being Khan. Hashem took a Shfuah, they have a Gzardin, it will never be undone. And this Gzardin that was the sons of Ailes would die, it seems, at about 20. Any descendant of the house of Ailes used to die at like 20. Um, and through Torah and Mitzvah, you can attain some atonement. Sorry, to Torah and Chesed. Even Korbanos don't work, even Shuvah doesn't work, but Torah and Chesed, if you learn Torah and you do Chesed, it can bring around some atonement. Rabbi and Abayah were descendants of Beis Eili. Rabbi and Abayah were descendants of Beis Eili. Rabbi and Abayah were descendants of Beis Eili. Rabbi, who focused only primarily on Torah learning, obviously he did Chesed, but his focus in life was on Torah learning. He lived 40 years. He got 20 years extra. And Abayah, who focused on Torah and Chesed, he lived 60 years. So he got an extra 40 years from what you would have expected from someone from the house of Ali. So we see the power of learning Torah, the power of doing Chesed. Just in, there's an interesting discussion here. So Al Gomorrah says, Rabbi Abayah, Rabbi Abayah. Now that's basically our line with Rashi, because Rashi says, um, it's a discussion, is it Rabbi or Rava? Inshallah, Rabbi, Rabbi Bar Nachmani, was the, the, Uncle and step and your yeah, stepfather he adopted um, Abaye, so that's Rabba, and he was the Rebbe of Abaya and Rova. Abaya and Rova were colleagues. So this from the house of Ali was that Rova or was that Abaye? Because Rab, we don't ever see that Rova was a Kohen. So Rashi says maybe Rova's mother was from the, a descendant from the house of Ali, and that's why he was going to die young at, at about twenty. But that's, uh, that would be Rava. Elsewhere, we seem to see that Rava, and, and Tosos have a, have, has, a, has a long discussion here. He says, Rava, who was the colleague of Abaya, was not a Kohen. And he brings uh, sources. He says, Turin must be Rava, who's the colleague of Rav Chizda. And he brings another Proof from a Gemara to Amar Rava Chaye Beniu Mazoni Loi Bischuset Talia Milsa Ella Bemazle Talia Milsa. The whole Rabbi Rav Chizda Tarbayut Sadikin Gemurim Havu says we see that the life and sustenance of a person is not necessarily dependent on their deeds; it's dependent on their mazel. Says because Rabbi and Rav Chizda were both Sadikim Gemurim. Mar Matzli Vaisi Mitra Mar Matzli Vaisi Mitra. They both could daven and bring rain. Rabbi Chaya Arbim Shinin, Rabbi Chizda Chaya Tishin Shinin. Rabbi lived 40 years and Rabbi Chizda lived 90 years. So they were both Tzadikim Gemurim again, similar levels, and we see the one lived more than double the other one. Rabbi lived 40 and Rabbi Chizda lived 50. But here we see that Rabbi lived, Rabbi, not Rava, Rabbi lived 40 years. Um, okay. And that's a, so it's a very just an interesting discussion trying to identify who we're talking about. Are we speaking about Rabba or Rova? Again, Rabba and Rav Chizda are colleagues, they, and they're the rabbis of Abai and Rova who are colleagues. But that's a, okay. That's an interesting discussion for around the history and the context. Um, it's something I haven't actually been focusing on this year, but it gets very interesting when you start fitting and plotting a map in your mind of you know who lived at which time, who were colleagues, who was the rabbi. Who was the, you know, who were the Rosh Yeshivas? 
Um, and there are charts um, to see that, but here we see a discussion of who we're discussing, Rabba or Rabba. Okay, Abaya Omar. Along similar lines, Tanan, Rabban, and Mishbach Asas, Achas, Hoysob Yerushalam, Shahoyo, Meisel, Meisin, Bene Yudche Shona. It was this family in Yerushalayim whose men, who the males used to always die around 18 years old. Bavo Hodu es Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai. They came and informed Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, Omanahem, Shebimi Mishbach Asas, Eli Ato, Ate, maybe you're from the descendants of Eli. And all those who are born into your house will die as men. I, as they become men, as they hit around 18, 20, they will die. Go learn Torah and you will live. And they used to live. And they used to call that family Yochanan in the name of Yochanan ben Rebbe Yochanan, Rabban Yochanan ben Zakai, whose advice got them to live. It's just interesting, a few questions on this I was thinking. Um, like, if someone went to Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai with difficulties, wouldn't he normally tell them to go learn Torah? Why specifically with the house, with these people who assume, obvious, obviously we've seen that Torah helps. I guess, yeah, I guess maybe other people he would tell them to go to Tshuva first and then focus on Torah learning. Um, Because he knew that the issue was that they were descendants of Eli, they must learn Torah. Second question is, why not Chesed? Why didn't he tell them to go to go do Chesed? He says, focus on uh, setting up uh, charity organizations, focus on helping uh, helping uh, hungry children. You know, why did he tell them to go learn Torah instead of Chesed? I'm not, uh, um, and that yeah, I'm not sure of an answer to that. How do we know that a gzar din of its community is not sealed? It says, He says, what do you mean it's not sealed? The Apostle says explicitly, your sin is sealed before me. He says, no. How do we know that even though it's sealed, it can be torn up? As the Apostle says, He is like Hashem our God. Whenever we call out to Him, I, we can always call out to Hashem and it will have an effect. So our davening can tear out, tear up a gzardin. But don't we find another possible which says, call out to Hashem when He's found? I, the first possible implies, whenever we need, we can call out to Hashem. And the second possible implies, specifically around Rosh Hashanah, or when Hashem is, there's a specific time that He's available. Hashem Seek out Hashem when He is found. Are there specific times when Hashem is more available? That's with an individual and that is with a community. I, a community, whenever they cry out to Hashem, Hashem is close by and will help. By an individual, there seems to be a more specific time that to call out. When is this opportune time for a individual to call out to Hashem, to cry out to Hashem. So, These are the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Um, these are the 10 days. Yeah, so that's, that, that's, this is the source that Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and we add Elul is the opportune time to call out and come close to Hashem. And this is what I mentioned at the top of the page. A little bit difficult. Um, 
we said crying out to Hashem is always beneficial, and now he's saying, but wait, this, the opportune time is? I mean, there it was Rabbi Yitzchak, and he was saying about an injured individual, he should always call out to Hashem because it's always positive. But here we're saying it specifically between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So how do we resolve? It seems that, firstly, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is an opportune moment, it seems, to develop a closeness to Hashem. You can always call out to Hashem, and you can always work on yourself and come close to Hashem, but this is the time when we're most susceptible to it. Hashem, there's an extra assistance in the world around that time to do it. Obviously, there's more to discuss, but let's go on. Just in light of the 10 days, um, we're just going to bring another case where these Aser Shemei seem to have an effect. Um, when David was on the run from Shaul at one point, his, his men helped look after a group of shepherds belonging to Novel. And then when Novel was having a huge feast for shearing his sheep, David sent some of his men to ask Novel for food. And Novel spurned them and, and sent them away in huge disgrace. So it says, so Hashem made, um, Hashem, it says, After 10 days, Hashem made Novel sick and he died. It says, What's special about these 10 days? Why did Novel get 10 days? Should, why didn't he die immediately after 3 days? Why 10 days? So, One answer given is that no, because he gave, when David's men went to him to ask for food, granted he sent them away in disgrace, he gave them food when they arrived. He just wasn't prepared to give them extra food for David and the other men. It says, Rab Nachman says in the name of Rabbi Baravua, Elu Yud Yomim Shebein Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. No, it was Aser Shemay Tshuva. Hashem gave him time to do Tshuva. He didn't do Tshuva. So on Yom Kippur, just after Yom Kippur, after 10 days, he died. Now we go on to the last phrase of the, or the other phrase of the mitzvah, Mishnah, which said how B'nai Shrael is how people are judged. It says, Rosh Hashanah, Kol Be'olam, Ovrim Lefonov, Kibnei Morom. On Rosh Hashanah, the whole world, all people, Pass before him, Kivnei Maron. My Kivnei Maron. What's this phrase, Kivnei Maron? And we're going to give three explanations. First one is his Hacha Targimu Kivnei Amarna. In Babel, they explained it as like flock. Reish Lokish Omar Kamalos Beis Choron, Beis Maron. Yeah. Um, and Reish Lokish says, no, it's like the steep slope of the of Mal of Beis Maron, where only one person could go on. And Rabbi Yehuda Amar Shmuel Kachayola shall base David. And Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Shmuel said, no, like the soldiers of David. They're all allusions to Hashem judges each person individual. Um, and therefore like a flock. You know, when you're counting your flock, you let them run out the gate one at a time. Or the or this, uh, the steep hill of Beis Moron was a very narrow path going with a cliff on either side and only one person could go up it one at a time. Or David's soldiers used to be counted one at a time as they would head out to battle. Um, obviously the Maral amongst others, they discuss a deeper level behind these three expressions. But the fact that we have the Amorayim discussing what's the comparison, what's the analogy... There's a deeper message. So I think one idea is that obviously there are people who are judged like flock. Are they just following? Are they going again, judged each one at a time? But are they just followers? Are they just like going along with things? Again, they're judged as individuals, but on one level. Then you have the people who are, who are going up a steep hill. Not only are they, obviously they're being judged one at a time, but there are people who living lives that they're trying to improve, trying to grow, trying to go up. And then a third category of people who might be daven is those who are the soldiers, those who fight for Hashem, those who fight for Torah and fight for mitzvahs. 
Um, obviously, I'm sure there are many other explanations. I think that's one. Not why I don't like that one is it's. Yeah, maybe it's highlighting that we've taken uh, each person is taken all aspects of their lives into account. Okay, and then Omar Rabbi Barakhan, Omar Rabbi Yosan, Rabbi Barakhan says everyone's judged at one, at one glance. And Omar, I'll come back to that, but Omar Rabbi Nachum Bar Yitzchak, Af Adanami Tanina, Rabbi Nachum Bar Yitzchak says, we also learned in our Mishnah, Yotze Yachel, Libyoma, maybe in Koma Seim. Now he says, Mike Omar, what does that possibly mean? So he says, He says, maybe it means that Hashem, who created everyone, unites all their hearts. I put them all on the same track. He says, We see that's not true. We see people are not the same. We see people don't have the same philosophies, the same uh, middle. People don't think the same. So that can't be. Hashem looked at the hearts in one glance, or maybe in Komasem, and takes all their actions into consideration. Okay, but one question on this weight. We just said that they judged Kivnei Maron, one at a time. And now you just say that they judged at one glance. So there are many different answers to this. One answer is, um, is that, no, on the, there's one judgment for each individual. Is he fulfilling his role in the world? Again, remember we said that the world was created for each person. So there's a dimension of a standalone judgment. Are you, is the world that's created for you, how are you performing in regards to that? Are you elevating it in Kedush and Torah and Mitzvahs, etc.? And the other one is, how you fit in as a unit as part of Klal Yisrael. All Jews are connected and they all play a role in their position in Klal Yisrael. You need all Jews. You can't have one Jew or, and not another Jew. You need all Jews from all different walks of life. And how's this person in Sikra Achas, in one glance, how does he fit into that picture? Is he doing his share? Is he doing what is expected of him? Um, or what he's capable of doing? And so that could be one difference. So it's two different aspects of a judgment. And, and you can imagine that a lot of the answers would be like that. Another answer is that... Um, how will his punishment affect others? On the one hand, he's judged in the context of his own, but on the other hand, often what happens to one person, it affects others. It affects his family, it affects his community. So that also has to be taken into account when judging him. Um, okay, new Mishnah. Now we move on to a new topic, and this is about declaring Rosh Chodesh. So we've mentioned a few times that, remember, a, a lunar month is 29 and a half days, and therefore, a a Jewish month is either 29 days or 30 days. And therefore Rosh Chodesh, the start of the new month, would either be on the 30th day or the 31st day. And that depends. So we're going to see in our mission, it's going to discuss that obviously this was before cell phones and actually they will see a later Mishnah that they used to actually have a system of uh, fire beacons to inform all the Jewish communities all over about when Rosh Chodesh was decided, but for various reasons, again, we'll see later on, they stopped that. And they used to send messengers. So again, because remember, you need to know, was, did Nisan start on the 30th day, or did it start on the 31st day? Is today Pesach, or is tomorrow Pesach? So, so the Mishnah says, Basin would send out messengers to inform them when Rosh Chodesh was, on six months. Al Nisan, Mipnei Pesach. For Nisan, for Pesach. Al Av, 
on Av Mipnatanis for Tisha B'Av. So they would send out, was, did Av start on the 30th or the 31st day so that they would know when to keep Tisha B'Av? Al Elul Bimnei Rosh Hashanah. On Elul because of Rosh Hashanah. Remember, Elul is the month before Rosh Hashanah, but Elul was just about always 29 days. So if you would tell people that Elul started on this day, they would know to count 29 days and then keep Rosh Hashanah. On Tishrei, because of all the festivals, there's Yom Kippur and Sukkot, etc. On Kislev, they need to know when to start Hanukkah. On Adar, they need to know when Purim is. And actually, when the Beis Amidash was still in existence, they would also send messengers in Iyar for Pesach Shaini, so that people knew when to keep Pesach Shaini. Um the 14th and 15th of Iyar. So just a few points on this Mishnah. One is, obviously the, the messengers wouldn't travel on Shabbos, and they could travel up until Yom Tov. So for example, by Pesach, you would have to minus the Shabbases, and they would have, a, let's say, about 13 or 14, 13 days to travel, or 12 days to travel, um, however, exact, depending on the Shabbases. And they would travel as far as they could, telling all the communities in uh, Eretz Yisrael and Bavel, which day was Rosh, was Rosh Chodesh. Um, they could, um, and it would only benefit those people. I mean, in Av, it would only be eight days, because Tisha B'Av is on the ninth, and again, also excluding Shabbos. So Tisha B'Av, you would have, less communities would actually know when exactly Tisha B'Av was. Now, there's an interesting Rashi here. Rashi seems to imply here that Rosh Hashanah was only one day. Rosh Hashanah, they would go based on the majority of years and keep one day Rosh Hashanah on the, what would be the equivalent of the 30th of Elul. Tosas challenged that, and we've discussed this a little bit in the past, but it's a big discussion. Um, they, when or did they keep two days Rosh Hashanah? According to, as I said, according to Rashi, it seems at that point in the Golos, even in the Golos, in Babel, they only kept one day Rosh Hashanah. Tosas challenges that, um, and there's a lot, Tosas Hashanah amongst others, a lot to discuss. But let's go on in the actual Gemara. So it says, "Velifku nami atamuz v'teves." They should also go out on Tamuz and Teves. So Amar Ravuna bar Bizna, Amar Rabbi Shimon Chasida. Ravuna bar Bizna said the name of Rabbi Shimon Chasida. My did say, what does it mean when the pasuk says, "Ko Amar Hashem Tzvakos"? Some Harbi, but some Achamishi, some Ashivi, but some Asiri. The fast of the fourth, of the fifth, of the seventh, of the ninth. Yiel beis Yehuda l'sasan u'lesimcha. It will be a celebration for Yehud and a celebration and rejoicing for beis Yehuda. So it's korilu tzom, the korilu sasan u'lesimcha. He says that doesn't make sense. You start the fast of the, and then you say, "Will be sasan u'lesimcha." He says, make up your mind. Is it a fast day or is it a day worth celebrating on? So the Gemara answers, Bismar. This is again at the end of the, this is by the destruction of the first temple, this Pasuk was said. So he says, Bismar, she is Shalom, you lesasana, at the time when there is Shalom, when Jews aren't subject to, to, uh, to non Jewish rule, I when there's, uh, others say when there's the base of Middash, then it will be Sosan Simcha. Ain't Shalom when there's not peace, when there's no base Amidash, some there will be fast days. So our question is we see that there are other fast days. There's these fast days are each we'll see in the Gomorrah shortly, but the fourth is the fourth month, Tammuz. So that's Shivaso Batamuz. Um the fifth month is Av, so that we mentioned they go out in Av for Tishabav. And then the seventh month is um Tsom Gedalia. 
But again, that they already got out. And then the tenth month is Asara Bateves, the tenth of Teves, the tenth of the tenth month. So why aren't the messengers going out to tell them in Bavel which day Rosh Chodesh was so they can keep Shivasa Batamos and they can keep um, Asara Bateves in the right day? Why did they only go out for Tisha B'Av? So Omar, Rapopah Hachik Omar. Rapopah says this is the explanation of that. Bryce says, In days when there's the base of Mikdash, when there's peace, then it's then they days of joy of rejoicing. Yes, Xeris Hamalkus, if they decrease from the kingship, if the Jews are being persecuted, some then they fast days. Ain Xeris Hamalchus for Ain Shalom. What happens if they aren't the Jews aren't being persecuted, but there isn't Shalom, there isn't the base of Mikdash? So I mean similar to our time, Baruch Hashem. By and large, Jews aren't persecuted. Let's say in South Africa, Jews aren't persecuted. We don't have the base of Midash. We don't have Shalom. But there is, so he says, Rotsu Misanim, Rotsu Amosanim. If they want, they can fast. If they don't want, they don't have to fast. So therefore, once these fasts are optional, they're not going to bother sending out messengers to the Golas. Now there's a discussion. Who um, gets to choose that they're optional? Can I say, well, I, want to, I don't want to fast or I do want to fast? So the Ritva says very clearly that it's the community that chooses, or B'nai Israel that chooses. Which means that's why these fasts aren't really optional anymore. Because even though initially they're optional, we've accepted as a community to fast them. Shibosa Batamuz, Asara Bateves, we'll see about Tishabad shortly, and Tzom Gedalia. We accepted to fast them, even though theoretically, according to the Brisa, it is optional. Um... Yeah, they're going to. So, so, and that also explains why generally there's strict rules with a fast. Any fast, like instituted, like Tisha B'Av, and we see these are all mentioned in the Posuk of the Novi, they taconas from the Novi, um, to have these fasts. It should be like Tisha B'Av, which is modeled after Yom Kippur, that they're far venuim. You're not allowed to bath, you're not allowed to eat or drink, obviously, you're not allowed to um, anoint yourselves. It starts the night before. Not in the morning, like Alf, like we fast. So again, he says that that's what the Jews accepted upon themselves. They accepted these fa- these fasts are optional for us, and we accepted upon ourselves to fast. Guess we can call them light fasts. And there's a big discussion then: do they count as fulfilling the fasts of the Novi, or are they like a separate min, like a separate mitzvah derabbanan, um, which has slight ramifications regarding how you view a a sick person on them. If it's a takon of the novi, you'd be a little bit stricter. If it's just a acceptance, a rabbinic acceptance, then you can be more lenient. We're, we're in general quite lenient with sick people on all these fasts. We're a little bit more strict on, um, on Tisha B'Av. But that's what the Gemara says. Tisha B'Av should also be optional. Why? Again, all these four fasts are counted together. They are the Lesosan or Lesimcha or why is Tisha B'Av treated more seriously? So Amar Papa Shani Tisha B'Av because there are many the the Soros on Tisha B'Av are doubled, multiplied. The Amar Mar Tisha B'Av Chora Beis Habayis Berishon Berishoyno Uveshnian and in the first and second Beis Hamikdash were destroyed. For Nilchato Beis Beitar Beitar it was was destroyed. Menichrashayir Jerusalem was plowed over. So Tisha B'Av is an extra severe day, and therefore we keep it as a proper fast, not a light fast like the other days. Interesting enough, it says, but the Gomorrah in Tanis brings a whole list of events that happened on Yun Zayin Tammuz on the 17th of Tammuz. So it seems, again, Tisha B'Av is connected to the Beis HaMikdash. 
the base Amidash was destroyed, that's extra severe, and therefore we accepted to keep Tisha B'Av in full, whereas the other fast days we keep in La'at. Tanya, Omer Rabbi Shimon, Abed Varim Hoyer Rabbi Akiva Doresh, Vani Ein Doresh Kamoiso. Rabbi Shimon says there are four things that Rabbi Akiva would expound, and I don't agree with how he explained them. I, I don't agree with my Rebbe, Rabbi Akiva, how he explained these to him. Now, the Rach brings all of them. We're not going to go through all of them. We're just going to bring the one relevant to our discussion. And he's going to explain as follows. The fast of the fourth is referring to the ninth of Tammuz because that's when the city was breached. As it says, it says, In the fourth month, in the ninth of the month, there was lots of famine in the city, and the walls of the city were breached. So that's what happened in some, the ninth of Tammuz. Why was it called the fourth? It's the fourth month. Remember, Nisan is the first month, so Nisan is even Tammuz, the fourth month. The fast of the first month is referring to Tisha B'Av. When the house of our, of our God was burnt down, why is it called the fifth? The fifth month, because it's the fifth month. Tishrei is the third of Tishrei. The day when Gedalia ben Achikum was killed, that's Tzom Gedalia. It says, Umi Horga, who killed him? Yishmuel ben Nesanya Horga, Lelam Dechosh Eshkulam, Yisosan Shel Tzadikim, Kisreifa Bezelokainu. And it's to teach us that the death of Tzadikim is like the burning of Hashem's Beis Hamikdash. Vamai Kori Lo Shvi, why is it called Shvi? Shvi Lechadoshim, it's the seventh month. The fast of the tenth is referring to Asara Beteves when the king of Bavel lay siege to Jerusalem. Record this day as because that's when the king of Bavel recorded um, lay siege to Jerusalem. Why do they call it Asiri? Asiri Lechadoshim, it's the 10th month. month. So this is Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva goes through each of these days and says that what happened on them. Again, when we said the fast of the 4th, 5th, 7th and 10th, what are we referring to? The month that it happened. Now, this event that we just read about, Asura Bateves, the 10th month, Should have been written, it should have been written first because this is when he lays siege. You lay siege before you breach the walls, before you burn the base of Midash, etc. So this should have been first. Why is it written out of order, out of chronological order? To make the months in order. Now, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai is going to come and adjust it. He's going to adjust slightly what happened on the 10th of Teves. To make them not only in order of months, but also in chronological order. He says, I don't say this. The te- the, what's the, the fast of the 10th month? That's the 5th of Teves. When the news came into the exile, that the city has been destroyed. It was in the 12th year. Basiri Bahamisha Lakhoidesh on the fifth of the month, Legalusainu, Boy Lai. 
He fled uh, Yerushalayim. The remnants came from Yerushalayim. Lamar Huchta Ha'ir. The city has been destroyed. For also Yom Shmuel, Yom Shreif, when they treated the day that they heard about it like the day it was destroyed. I think my way of explaining it is preferable because I'm in chronological order. And Rabbi Akiva, what actually happened first, he mentions is mentioned last in the Navi. Rabbi Akiva lists it not in chronological order, but in what stage in the year it will happen, by the order of the month. 4, 5, 7, 10, and I also listed chronologically. So not only do I get the orders of the months correct, I get it chronologically. Just two interesting questions on this, and I guess we'll have to leave it here. Um, the one is, if we say that, why do we fast on Tsongadalia? We said because the death of a tzaddik, is like the death of the base of Midrash. Well, then we should be fasting on every single day because basically every single day has the death of a tzaddik. So the Marashal goes into this. There is one of the points he adds. He says, no, there was an added factor to the death of Gedalia. He says, there is an aspect of maybe we should fast on the death of every tzaddik, but there's an added factor by Gedalia. Remember, it was the last hope of Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, which is basically the conclusion of driving all the Jews out of Eretz Yisrael. And then just one other question um, if you noticed, yeah, something to notice, the days were a little bit different to the days. Like he said, the ninth of Tammuz, and we celebrate the Shivas of Tammuz, um, etc. Something else to think about, but we don't have time to go into it now, and we'll continue tomorrow.